welcome to Access Beauty, a very special podcast with Ulta Beauty brought to you by American Salon. Here, Ulta's creative leaders and sometimes a special guest will discuss everything from salon life to trends and products to what's impacting the industry, giving you a behind the scenes look at the beauty world. Hi everyone, I'm Kristen Heinzinger, Director of Content for American Salon. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Danielle Kiesling, Ulta Pro Team member, to talk everything extensions. Hey, Danielle. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, pleasure to have you here. We're super excited to talk to you today, um, get to know a little bit about your background and for those of, for those who aren't familiar and um, talk more about extensions um, and how they can not only make people look beautiful, but help help the salon and stylist's bottom line. Let's start off with your background. Where are you from? How did you, and how did you fall into beauty? Oh, um, so I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I have no one, not a single person, friend, family member in Minnesota that was in the beauty industry. <laughs> so um, it was, it was just one of those things that I was like, I was like, I don't know. I was like born in me. Um, I used to, I had a, I had a flight attendant as a mother. Um, so she was back at like, uh, that, that era of like the high heels and that, you know, you had to definitely like be on your game to work for the airline. So she was, she always kept herself up really well. And as a young, uh, child, she, into the salon and allow me to get highlights and all the fun things that most most parents don't let their um, kids do when they're as young as I was and I just it was something that I just was very intrigued with I loved the hustle and bustle of a salon and um, and then I also as I grew up going to the same stylist forever I was close enough to her to know that she was very successful and she uh, had a nice lifestyle and, um, you know, was able to support herself very well doing something that she loved to do. And so you knew pretty early, I guess, that you wanted to get into beauty and and specifically hair, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm a very like entrepreneurial mindset and, um, you know, hair was a love, beauty was a love, makeup was a love. And then I was like, also all over the place, like animals were a love. I loved, uh, the ocean. I was supposed to go to marine biology school, um, in college. Like I was, I, I, you know, I, I, even through getting my cosmetology license, I, I still dabbled in a bit of everything. Um, I, I bartended, I, I sold holistic dog food. I, I did personal training. Um, I've, I've literally worked with my best girlfriend to do a branding and marketing company. Um, yeah, I've got my hands in a little bit of everything, but it, I always go back to the beauty industry truly a woman of many talents. Um, And then, you know, you started, you graduated from beauty school, um, got your license, and then where did that take you next? 
Um, so when I graduated, um, I actually, my family moved to South Carolina and my father ended up getting, uh, very ill and, uh, unfortunately passed away and I was very close with my parents. So I ended up staying down in South Carolina and it was very, very different than, uh, Minneapolis. And, um, I just was like, all right, like, now what? Now where do, what am I going to do? So I started working in a salon and I it was so out of my element. Uh, I, I went to school at Aveda and then I came down here and literally was doing like roller sets. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, what is happening to my life right now? Um, but, but honestly, like it, I live in this like very interesting niche retirement area where I was still walking away as a young 21 year old, uh, with $500 a day in my pocket. And I thought, wow, like, all right, if it's, if I can just like roll some hair (laughs) all day long and deal with cranky women that don't think I'm, you know, old enough to do their hair, um, (laughs) I could probably turn this into a career. So I, um, I, I just started doing me and I just, you know, got, I built a clientele very, very quickly. Uh, the daughter of the owner in that salon that I worked with became a good friend of mine. And I actually was like, after I felt comfortable enough, I'm like, all right, let's get you on a plane and I'm going to bring you to New York city. And I'm going to show you what like a real salon is like. And uh, we did that. And then she came back and she's like, oh my gosh, mom, we have to, we have to renovate our salon. It's like so outdated. <laughs> and uh, we kind of grew one of the bigger salons of the island. And then during that time, um, I outgrew that and opened up my own salon. Um, and with with that momentum, I got back into education and platform work and working for brands. And then I sold my salon about three years ago for profit. So it's been a whole, I think I've worn every single hat in this industry. There are so many opportunities in this, in this industry, you know, and so many times I, I hear stylists that go to cosmetology school and they're like, I just don't, I just don't like doing hair. And I'm like, all right, that's okay. You know, have you looked into anything else? And they just look at you like, what are you talking about? There's nothing else to do. So, um, you know, I like to, I do a lot of coaching on the side and I, I, I'm very authentic and transparent about like, you know, you don't have to love to do hair if you don't want, if that's not your thing, there's just so much opportunity in this industry and so many levels and different, different, anything from corporate and, money and investing in business to total artistry. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. An interesting point to bring up because I'm sure that's a very widely held misconception about um, the beauty industry that once you do graduate and have a license that you have to be, in, be on the artistic side, the styling side, the coloring side, um, and the other types of roles like corporate or management kind of are, don't come to mind. So that's Mm-mm. interesting you bring that up. Um, but for you, besides opening your own salon, um, you kind of have become well known as an extensions expert. So fill us in on how that kind of became your your forte and um, and why you love it. It's funny because when I was, you know, when I was a growing stylist, I I avoided extensions at all costs. And back then, that was like eighteen years ago. So I was. 
the extension market wasn't as uh, progressive and you either had, you either did kind of cheap extensions or you did these high end extensions, great lengths. And I, I just was like, I don't know that that seems like a lot. And extensions had a bad rap, rap anyways, cause we didn't have social media and we didn't have like ways to educate on a daily basis. So, you know, anything I had heard about extensions just was not the most positive thing. And so I avoided it. And my, one of my very good girlfriends who was flying, she lived here in South Carolina and was flying back and forth to Vegas to get her extensions done, uh, had some bad experiences and some hair loss. And she f- did some research and she found uh, Great Links um, extensions. And she wanted me to look into it. And I, I literally was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend that kind of money because it's expensive to get certified. I'm like, just it's it's a lot to ruin. I, I just don't want to do that. I was all about healthy hair. I mean, I had even figured out how to like not use permanent hair color on people anymore. Like I and still cover their gray. So like I would bend every rule to make sure that everyone's hair was like in the best shape that it could be. Um, so anyways, long story short, she sent, she was like, I want you to do my hair and I'm going to pay for you to go to this training. So I went with the mindset of like, I'm literally going to this three day training just to do her hair, which is fine. Um, and it, it was an interesting, I mean, I have to say that the company is like incredibly, um, conscious about the integrity of hair and the way that it's applied and the education behind it. And it, it completely turned me on to a whole nother avenue in my career. And, from then on, I, I, I looked at extensions, obviously, um, to lengthen hair, but for my business and when I actually built my own salon, it was more of a thinning hair solution uh, approach. And we did a lot more uh, extension services to provide solutions to fine hair, thinning hair, breakage, bad colors, bad haircuts, um, more of a confidence booster. So um, we just, you know, we kind of became the premier place in the Southeast to go um, for extension specialty. And, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was to just watch the confidence that it gave as women especially to walk out and you know go wow I haven't I haven't felt this good about myself for years and um you know just with a little extra hair yeah and that's what it's all about right like that wow factor and feeling at the end with the client and extensions is such a great way um to do that um especially for people who want to maintain the integrity of their hair um Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons but especially when it comes to hair thinning and and hair loss. Um, So obviously it can dramatically boost confidence and make clients look amazing. And, you know, really, I'm sure it helps, helps people, you know, feel really good about themselves in a lot of ways. It also can be an amazing way to um, boost your like revenue in the salon. And you had said that the, to become certified was a little bit, you know, the price tag was a little steep, but it seems like it seems like you feel like it's worth it at this point. So, um, so can you tell us a little bit more about how it helped your business? How it maybe it can help others? Yeah. So you know, I think that 
there's that whole saying about like, you have to invest in yourself, right. In order to, um, reap the rewards and you're not, if you don't invest in yourself, uh, you're just, you know, you might be one of those lucky percentages that are reaping rewards regardless. But, um, I find that people that really actually invest in themselves and take themselves, um, for what they're worth do end up it, it, what goes around comes around. And, um, with extensions and it, in, you know, great links was my starting point, but as I've evolved in the industry and as I work for companies like Alta Beauty, um, and matrix for that point, we, we work with different brands, you know, I'm the executive director for great links USA, but, uh, great links USA is such an amazing company that they understand my relationships with Alta Beauty and matrix as well. And so, you know, all in all, what extensions can provide for a stylist is an opportunity to fix a problem. So give your client a solution and whether that solution is thicker hair, whether it's having um, blonder balayage, whether it is having color that doesn't oxidize the way that normal hair oxidizes, whether it's you know, fixing a bad haircut or giving a bride a little bit more to work with on her wedding day. Um, it's you're giving, you're giving your client, uh, the confidence and the gift of extra hair, but you're also, um, you're also giving yourself, um, monetary, obviously a monetary pay raise, but you're, some of these situations are actually, um, time savers. Like for instance, if you have a client with really dark hair and they want that Pinterest blonde that everybody brings in, brings in on natural level three, and they want it in one visit, you know, you know, you're not going to be able to get that in one visit. Um, but you can get it with extensions. So, you know, utilizing them to think outside the box, um, and to provide a solution to the problem always. And then what client doesn't want a little extra hair. So if a client comes in and they expect to have that crystal clean blonde balayage in one visit, um, and you know that there, that is absolutely impossible to do in one visit, like offering extensions as a replacement or an option, um, could actually not only save you time, it could save their hair and it can also make you more money. And, and on top of it, they're getting more hair. So they're actually getting a little hooked, you know, most extension clients, once they get a little extra hair, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't live without it. So, um, there's just, you know, thinking outside the box with extensions, I think is the key for stylists to really, reap the rewards of the time that it can save and the monetary value that it can offer you as a stylist. 100% makes complete sense. Um, and it seems obvious, but I think like it's, you know, price tags can be a little bit um, of a deterrent. So it's, you know, it's eye opening to see all of the advantages in the end, the long term investment really. Um, and then are there is there anyone who is not ideal for extensions? Um, is there an instance where you would say absolutely not or vice versa? Like who's the perfect? Yeah, the perfect I mean, it's, that's a great question. Um, so there is clients that just 
no matter how much you educate them and no matter how much you tell them they have to do this and they have to brush their hair and they have to buy this product, they're just not going to do it. You know, they just don't get it. And I, I always look at that as like, well, you know, you're the one that's making you're, you're the one that's making the investment and then you're, you're not actually buying the insurance policy. It's like buying a house without homeowner's insurance, you know, like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know? So, um, And it's far and few between. I think that it's more of a stylist um, miss because they're not educating their clients as well as they should be um, in regards to like, okay, you, you, you're investing X amount of dollars and, you know, it can last you this many months if you use these products and you take care of it like this, or you can invest that kind of money. And if you don't listen to anything I say, it might last you two months, you know? So what, what for that small extra insurance policy, what, what is your decision? And I, and I always go back to educating clients because a lot of the time we get wrapped up in our heads trying to sell stuff like we think of like extensions as an upsell or like I hate that word actually upsell <laughs> like I really do I I'm like ah god I hate I hate the word sell um I always said in my salon we actually got rid of the word sell and we got rid of the word word retail and I would I basically like their numbers for the week I would say it's education based um why are your education numbers down and They, you know, education for our salon, unless we were doing an in-salon education class, meant are you actually talking to your clients about what you're supposed to be talking about? I don't care, you know, who's who's cheating on who and whose dog is, you know, like at the Chinese herbalist. Like, I want to know. I want to know if you're, like, actually telling your clients or educating your clients on, like, what they're here investing in. And, um, you know, I think that that's a really fair way to look at it. And if you go through your salon day and you are walking through the day like a specialist instead of a hairdresser that needs to sell product, um, if you're, if you're a real true specialist of your craft, you believe in what you do. And therefore, if you believe in what you do, you need to believe in how to upkeep what you do. And it's really, really important to like, keep that mindset going because it doesn't just stop with extensions. It, it It's huge for color services. It's, it's, it's the difference between is your client be able to actually style that, you know, shattered bob or is it just going to look like a soccer mom haircut? You know, like you have to teach and educate your clients on the full service from the very beginning of what they're shampooing their hair with and how to shampoo their hair to the very end when you're educating them about when they should be coming back into the salon. And so I had a really amazing relationship with my staff um, at my salon. I think I did, but they might say otherwise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I also was like, I had like, for me, there was no gray area. You know, I was like, 
numbers were, I, I just didn't have any tolerance for it because I'm like, if you're actually doing your job and you deserve to be working here as a specialist, like what the hell with your numbers on this retail this week? Like you're not educating your clients. You're in like, why are you, why do you have nobody rebooked? Well, hello, you obviously didn't educate them about when they should be coming back in. Like it, and it, it, it really is that easy. It really is that easy. And, uh, when I challenge people to get into that mindset, they, they're like, yeah, whatever. And then they come back always. And they're like, wow, like, I had no idea just the way I delivered the words in a specialist point of view and in an education point of view, you literally just took all the stress off of what I felt like was selling. Yeah. And it's like the same idea, like, you know, you invest in your education you have experience in the salon. You should, if you believe in yourself, obviously a client's going to look to you for what's for, you know, as the expert and what you should do. And I think sometimes that's lost on a lot of um, beauty professionals that they're professionals and it's important to retain that level of self of self-worth because it, it definitely is reflected, I think, in the experience with clients and they'll end up looking to you in a different way. Oh, a hundred percent. They like, they end up looking to you as, um, how do you explain it? Um, you know, like you, you look at like a doctor, you look at somebody that, you know, like is capable of doing something that you have absolutely no idea how to do. And, (laughs) you know, and you like, they have a different level of like respect for that person. And when you can elevate yourself in the beauty industry to that level where you're like, I'm not just giving you a haircut, like, you know, and it's as easy as like, you don't even have to change what you're doing physically. You just have to change the verbiage and how you're like explaining what you're doing to their hair. And I would say 90% of people want to know exactly what you're doing to their hair. They're afraid to ask because Uh they, they, they don't have the knowledge. They don't know what questions you've been asked, you know? And when you start just talking about what you're doing, you will get a very, um, you'll get a very different, uh, client relationship just off of that even if they've been coming to you for 10 years it's it's pretty amazing like you you have I always tell people too you have an existing clientele in your chair today that are extension clients even if you don't do extensions because when you decide to do extensions you're gonna realize that extensions can basically fix every freaking problem that you've ever had. Like if you wanna do an A-line haircut, Bob, and they don't have hair in front of their ear, put an extension in. If they want blonder around their face and their hair breaks off, put extensions in. You know, there's so much that you can do with extensions. And that was the one thing that I would always, I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't even go look for an extension client. You already have them. And they're like, no, I don't do extensions at all. Like I don't, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know that, but like you are, you have a full clientele. So you have an extension client or you already have extension clients left and right. You just have to like, you have to think outside the box of mermaid hair. Do you have like on top of mind, a specific moment with a client where extensions changed, kind of just changed their whole life, some sort of memory that sticks with you? I have so many. 
I, you know, I literally, when I say that, I, I can't even tell you like how many people that I have done their hair that maybe they had a bad experience with extensions or they just had a bad taste for extensions because they read something about it. And then they finally like come across, you know, somebody that's capable of like servicing and making sure that like, cause there's a lot that go into extensions. You can't just pop them in. Like you got to take into consideration density and, you know, their lifestyle and, you know, but it's, it's, it's really about just a good consultation, but I don't know how many times that I've watched people at the end of the service just break down in tears and you're like, what, what is this? Are you okay? And they're like, they're so happy. Like they can't even get over it. And it just happened. I just did, I won't say names, but I just, I just had somebody actually from Ulta um, that I did her hair for the first time and she teared up and I was like, this is why I do what I do. And then I did want to talk also about, I mean, there's innovation in every category, but I think extensions is one that has come a long way in just like the past couple of years even. Um, So you're the expert. I want to defer to you about what you're seeing in terms of advancements from a technological standpoint. um, And then also just in terms of trends. I kind of referenced at the beginning of this podcast that uh, when I started in the extension world, that it was like kind of bad extensions or good extensions. And now the market is like flooded with extensions. So there's a lot of different options. Um, and I, you know, it's some good and some bad. And, um, the, the things that I can tell you without saying what is so good and what is so bad is, you want to educate yourself as a stylist on what you're using. And a couple key things that I would, um, a couple little nuggets that I can gift you are, you know, are you getting, okay, so are you paying, are you getting what you pay for? Meaning not all extensions are equally sold. Okay. So if I can give you an example, it would be like, Uh, if you had three different extension companies and they all offered tape extensions and you bought one pack of 16 inch hair, you have to look at a couple things. You have to look at the density of the hair at the attachment site where the hair is, uh, uh, married with the tape. And then you have to look at the density of the hair at the bottom of those 16 inches. Because a lot of the time when you have a 16 inch hair, it might not be fully 16 inches because it's been tapered off so much in the process. So you always want to like check to see what the density is like. You also want to check to see what kind of adhesive is it? Is it a medical grade adhesive? How does that stand up? How how is it to remove? Um, And then what I would say is ethicality, right? So especially in the world that we live in right now, like where is the hair coming from? Like whose hair is that? You know, do do you know? Is it 
you know, was it, was it taken or was it compensated for, or was it, was it ethical? So, you know, ethically, I think for me, being working for a company that has ethically sourced hair is very important, um, traceable and ethically sourced. So those are like just some like little gifts because the technology of hair extensions, there's, you know, different methods and different ways of applying the hair extensions and um, not, they're all very, very, very different. Um, what I will say is it's more about following the rules of the application and understanding weight and density um, and natural fall of the hair. So, you know, while you have all these extension companies out there now that put out pretty amazing products, um, it's the education and the training behind it that you need to make sure that you're up to speed on. And um, and really understanding like what can hurt the hair and what won't hurt the hair. And that's really, I know that's a really broad answer, but there's so many aspects behind it um, that it's a hard one to answer about technology um, without giving like total specifics. Sure. Especially because it feels like almost every brand has their own name for a technology <laughs> in the yeah. end. Yes. And in general, you know, you have your tapes and you have your keratin or strand by strand and you have your beaded or your eye tips. And then you have now your wafts and your weave and like, you know, there's so many things out there right now. But in general, it's it's like really more about like the application and being aware of um, forward thinking, you know, being aware, what's that hair going to do in three weeks? What's that hair going to look like in two months? Like, is it buckling already? That's probably not going to be safe for the hair, you know? So it's, it's more of those kind of things that you just have to, um, you know, a haircut grows out and they're back in six to eight weeks and there's no stress on the hair. These are, it's extensions. You know, if you keep them in for six to eight weeks, like what is that hair that's attached to it going to look like? So just forward thinking. Which brings me to my next question um, perfectly, which is um, your top care tips for extensions and how maybe this looks, this looks might look different during our, you know, COVID-19 world where people maybe aren't coming in as often um, or salons might be closed for periods of time. So what is the care advice for clients with extensions now? Extensions at the attachment site need to be brushed. And a lot of people are afraid to brush extensions because they think they're gonna brush them out. It's not the case. You have to brush the hair. Your, your hair sheds 75 to 150 hairs a day. And if those, if that hair is stuck in an attachment site, whether it's a tape, a bond, an eye tip, a weft, um, the hair is, it doesn't have anywhere to go because it's, it's adhered to whatever attachment is um, securing it. So by brushing all the way down to the scalp with a cushion brush or a boar bristle brush or something that's going to be soft yet rework that shedded hair uh, backwards into the direction that it needs to be going um, is going to prevent matting. So I, I say brush 
definitely I brush my mid lengths and ends with a wet brush and then I get in with a cushion brush and brush my scalp and brush my attachment sites every day, at least once a day, if not twice a day. Um, the other thing is when you're shampooing your hair, um, you know, you seem your, your shampoo, you should be shampooing your scalp. Um, so you have to be careful because a ton of friction at your scalp is, could create knots and tangles and matting. So, you know, working your shampoo on your fingertips and kind of massaging it into your scalp and then letting the shampoo actually do its job. You know, people feel like that they have to have a bunch of friction when they're shampooing their hair, and that's not the case. It's like literally like applying the shampoo, moving it around so the sulfates or the suds kind of start activating, and then rinsing your hair. Rinsing the hair takes off the pollutants. So, you know, not aggressively shampooing your scalp or your hair, but like keeping your hair or your scalp healthy um, with the shampoo, but doing it in a uh, conservative way that you're respecting the extensions and the attachment sites. And then last, I would just say using some type of moisturizing leave-in treatment or um, some kind of moisturizing, like maybe spray in uh, detangler, or I've even seen aerosol detanglers, like anything that's going to continue to put moisture in those ends and those mid lengths as the week progresses. Because for instance, I don't wash my, I mean, I have baby fine hair. So, you know, with the extensions, I, I go like, I might wash my hair twice a week. So because I'm not putting that conditioner and that moisture in my ends, because I'm not washing it as frequently, I need to be replacing and replenishing the moisture balance in my hair because I curl it with a curling iron um, with something that my hair is absorbing. So those would be my top. There's a lot of extension care that I could go into, but I would say that those would be my top three. Awesome, and especially um, during a time like this when it has to be mostly at home care um, more often and then in salon care. But hopefully we're back to normal soon and podcast sounds like ancient history. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time, Danielle. This was so wonderful. It was so great chatting with you and um, you shared some really useful pieces of information for um, our audience um, about extensions and just about, I think, especially uh, self-worth and value and education. You know, anytime you guys, any anyone listening to this, like if you have questions about extensions, reach out to me. I'm, um, I've had my hands in many, many brands and I pretty much know every application. So I'd be more than willing to answer any questions you have. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Danielle uh, dot or period Keysling. Again, I don't know why I put that period or that dot in, but it was before Instagram became like super Instagrammy. <laughs> um, but literally DM me, reach out, make sure that you guys are asking questions. Um, you know, there is no bad question or stupid question. It's all about reaching out and like educating and understanding, um, you know, what, what, what there is to offer, offer your guests in the salon.